Hello everyone, I am so excited to share with you episode 3 of the Inner Teacher Podcast with dancer, teacher, and inspiration Francesca Harper. The reason why I really wanted to get Francesca Harper on this podcast is because she is coming into an institution that is very conservative in its kind of innovative approach and radical approach and she is bringing something so revolutionary she is changing the way that we are looking at ballet and she is fearless about going about it she's really listening to her own voice and is unafraid to take risks but francesca also really opens up about how taking these risks is something that is not always um, the easy path, the comfortable path, the well-trotted path. She is really diving into unknown territory and is sensitive and intelligent with the way that she's going about it. So please enjoy her amazing advice and story. Welcome, Francesca Harper. Okay, so I'm here with Francesca Harper, who is my amazing ballet lab teacher, and she is really taking me and all of us, I think, to new explorative places and really unlocking our freedom inside of such a rigid form. Um, but you're so much bigger than that, and you're, you're doing so much, so can you just share a little bit about you and what you're doing? Yeah, no, I love, thank you so much for inviting me to share these thoughts. I, um, what am I doing? Oh, I'm taking some principles that I learned. I, I danced in the Frankfurt Ballet with William Forsyth for many years, and I've also been working as a teacher and a creator on my own for decades. So I am taking my sensitivity and I've really enjoyed coming in to teach you guys and being in the space and sensing what the room needs uh, on, on a daily basis. So I am sensing, I mean, ultimately for me, I think I have had the great fortune of growing up in the dance world. And uh, my mother was the director of the Alvin Ailey School for many years. And she was very much, she was a Martha Graham dancer and very much a feminist. So I grew up with this sense of empowerment at leading us in the home and also at Alvin Ailey, you know, there was this sense of healing and empowerment that, that I grew up in and with. And when I saw William Forsyth's work, I felt that same liberation as the foundation of the language that I saw in the choreography. And I just knew that that was, I saw the people, I saw the women and the men really moving with power and uh, unapologetically moving through the space. And that for me has been, I've actually just been working on a piece. I spent two years researching a piece called Unapologetic Body. And what does it mean when we start to make concessions all the time for others and start to... Um, acquiesce or give parts of ourselves away or and not be really authentic and truthful with each other in the moment. So for me, the work that we're doing in the studio is really based in 
sensing what you need in the moment, you know, and what will liberate you as a person, as an individual and empower you. And if that is irreverence in the moment, so be it. If that is needing to take a break and just watch others for a moment, so be it. If that is needing to, I thought that was so interesting with Trayden the other day, just being kind of floppy and, 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 and not putting the pressure on to um, engage the form fully all the time. So be it. Let's research it. Let's find other approaches and other perspectives by utilizing the ballet language, you know, and that's very much what I found so enticing and liberating with, with Bill Forsyth is this also improvisation. You know, I love how we're also using improvisation as a tool, almost as our transition in between exercises so that we tap into our desires and what we want to feel in our body, what feels organic, what feels right in the moment, and what's personal for each of us. And then keeping that personal layer alive as we start to do plies. So I see all these different individuals in the room and different points of view or different perspectives in the room. And that for me was such a big part of my work with Bill uh, and working with this international community and all different cultures, different sizes, different races, different, you know, that for me was just wonderful to celebrate our, what, what made us different. So I think that that is keeping alive even on the granular level or on in really psychological level what's happening inside my mind now what do I need to create um, to create art in this moment you know and I think when I say create art it is in an enlightened state right so I think when we talk about or no maybe truthful I should say you know but it is almost letting go of, I think in being in an artistic state is letting go of mm, conformity, maybe, having to. I mean, the, it's the freedom of not having to conform or conforming or dialoguing, you know. I don't think conforming is the right word, but I think like dialoguing and with others, you know, is really the priority. And it's funny, Nicholas and I were have, have been having these conversations and I think it really does, you know, we've been articulating and analyzing on a really deep level. And I think the articulation of where your intentionality is and where you're coming from and the clarity in those thoughts is something I've really enjoyed sharing with you all. You know, what's the origin of what we're doing now and why? I'm so curious about what your practice is to tap back into that origin and how when you get swept up in the tornado of the conformity or the pressures coming from the outside expectations, what is it for you to go back? How do you, how do you get yourself there to go back inside of yourself and really listen to that place of truth again? Because I think so often... There's so much pressure on us that we have to um, behave and act and make our art in a certain way. And I feel like what is so beautiful about you is that you're really focused on finding the, the authenticity. But when there's moments of that lack of trust, 
or that lack of listening, what does it take to bring yourself back in? And how has that, how has that journey developed for you in your career? That's very interesting. I mean, I think I'm lucky at this point in my life to have been introduced to so many different languages and different perspectives <laughs> that I think, you know, and I've been pulled, you know, I think when I came back to the States, it was difficult for me. I think the work that I had been doing because it hadn't been seen in America, you know, I created my first piece for the Alvin Ailey Company and it was conceptual and they didn't know about improv and that was it took me 10 years to really start to teach I started teaching improvisation at Ailey and then started realizing oh my gosh I have to start teaching this philosophical you know approach so that I can work with people who are like-minded or 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 able to think in this way so to speak um so that it was difficult in the beginning, and I feel like maybe five years after being here, like the contemporary work, the contemporary dance started uh, surfacing a little bit more, and these conceptual ideas and people uh, started surfacing a little bit more. So that that was interesting. I what do I do when I go back when I get lost? I think what I was trying to say is that the accumulation of kind of age and experience it's really about choice you know I think at this point you know teaching Forsyth work and even seeing them perform at the shed recently there was something that he unlocked within me that I carry forward in my teaching and I think it's that component that I'm talking I think it's ownership you know, and it's taking, like, when I see you do the ballet, I mean, it's it's such a, you know, for you, I see it, it really is, you really connect with this approach. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a, it's, it's so, it's, it's such a joy. I can see from the moment that you start, you start moving, there's a sensibility, I think also because you have so much technique, you know, you can really have fun with these radical choices, you know, I think at some point that's also part of it. It's not being afraid to be radical in certain moments and be different than maybe the choice that's being offered or the even the dynamic in the room. Let's shake things up. Let's, <laughs> you know, and I think that for me was really exciting um, about Bill. And I think also my mom was a Martha Graham dancer, which had this edge, you know, so people that uh, for me, it's like I was really raised by these people who weren't afraid to be a little provocative. So I think that's also really wonderful to kind of introduce that provocative nature to ballet, which has this real association with kind of tradition and, and restraint and, and conservatism in its own way. So it's really great to take that and, and be radical with it and provocative with that language. Nice. Yes, yeah, yes, I that totally know. makes sense. I feel like again like coming back to that unapologetic that fearless that rebellion that sense of like i own my voice i own my body and i'm here to live in it 
you know, and then also enjoy it. Because I think that's something I see in you, too, is that there there's not a sense of um, like I'm here in my body and that makes me like more powerful. But it's actually an inspiration to others to say, oh, my gosh, uh, that's that's what it means to be comfortable in the human body and that's what it looks like that's that's powerful that's beautiful and that's something that that i also have inside of myself yeah 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 so so i think when you're taking this kind of um non-conventional approach a lot of times you encounter a lot of resistance um and a lot of lack of understanding and like you were kind of saying when you moved to the US uh, I'm curious about your relationship with like the word grit and perseverance and how that has come in especially coming to an institution like Juilliard where no one I, I said in your class no one has ever done anything like this and it's really revolutionary but I think a lot of people don't understand um, but how how are you able to just know that this is the right thing for me to do and I will continue to move it forward? Well, I think the response that I'm getting, you know, I think I get very emotional thinking about that day that I was really a little worried and I started kind of giving these ballet combinations and you all sat me down <laughs> and you all as a group said to me, no, Fran, we want you to be yourself. And I get, I mean, just even now, that was such a, an empowering moment for me just to really say, oh my gosh, to have that support that you like the direction that I'm going and that, you know, you trusted. And even now, I think even today, it was funny, you know, we were, we had research and I could feel that, that we were kind of dwindling down and I said, okay, do we want to do this anymore? No, let's go. We have some, we don't have much time. Let's go. Okay, let's move. And that honest dialogue, as opposed to needing to be, you know, uh, needing to defer to me to lead, you know, it's like, no, we're a group. We're sensing each other. We're creating work together. And what are we sensing? What do we need? How do we move forward as a collective? Dare I even say, you know, if we talk, it was like almost, <laughs> we laughed sometimes. We talked about, it was kind of almost like a socialist environment in Frankfurt. It was really more of a collaborative. And that's also part of what I do with the class is not, I'm, I'm working with you as an equal you know, and that for me, also as an African-American woman, I think in ballet is, for me, was totally liberating. I know that Bill wasn't working and seeing color. It was about the work and it was about equality and all these different people and empowering their artistic voices. And, and uh, it doesn't really matter. You know, I think what I'm loving is also the qualities that are developing the quality of movement now becomes a priority for us, you know, and this kind of delicious, beautiful quality within the ballet language, but this gorgeous you know, quality, whether it's a vulnerable quality or whether it's a, a dreamy quality or whether it's we talk about sensing the air around you, <laughs> you know, all of these beautiful life experiences that we're bringing into the room and just utilizing the ballet vocabulary that I think is so beautiful. It's, it's, it's kind of this humanism that lives underneath, which is all art. So I think that's for me also is like almost stripping away all of that. That's what the improv does for me, stripping away all of that. 
really seeing how you love to move. And then we start to build the ballet vocabulary today. I thought it was really interesting, you know, after all of our work over the few months that we've been working together, you know, to just see that approach of these single, these single pirouettes in the studio. But it was just the quality that was in the room. And everyone was just gliding around the room together. And it was just inspiring. You know, the level of care and nurturing that was in the room because we feel we've created a safe space for each other, I think, too. And there's not judgment. It's, you know, real self-care I see happening in the room as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost sensing that, like, your focus and your attention is on the things that are... That are um, you're you're not focused on what other people are expecting of you and what the institution wants because even when I asked you that question you're like oh I'm not even thinking about it like I'm just completely like responding to the people that I'm in the room with and I'm listening to what I need to do and I'm doing it like I'm I'm on my mission and I'm not worrying about all the people that are kind of having their thoughts about me or what I'm doing or whatever and I think yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of what's given you like this velocity in order to like move your mission forward is just a sense of diligence inside of what you have and what you have to offer. I will tell you, I mean, that grit, it's so true. I, I think I woke up this morning or yesterday morning and I was thinking, oh my gosh, here I am going again. It's been such a long road, but I can feel... I can feel what starts to surface. There's almost like you start to manifest so much, you know, through being clear about your intention, you know, and I think that that's where it's, it's worth it. Even when you're achy and you're tired and that grit and that perseverance, it's like they're just these jewels that kind of start to surface behind you and you can feel it. It's reciprocal, and we talked about that too. It's like, what is this reciprocal? It's not about just giving everything away, but it's also about the sensation that you get in the body, within the body, as you're in the moment, and how delicious and delightful it is on your skin, in the body, in the moment. And that also is something too. I think it's very existential in a way, in terms of its philosophy. It's not about, we talked about that, about planning the next moment and having to produce something beautiful or perfect. It's the experience in the moment. Am I feeling free? Is this delicious? Am I enjoying myself? And the act of enjoying yourself is a quality of movement that people sense. And I think the older I get and the more I teach, I can start to sense, you know, the students' thoughts when they're feeling insecure, even this been so great working with Matilda, you know, and she's starting to, oh, right, I say, I start to doubt, and so I have to stop, clean that up and just stop doubting. And you can see the difference in a moment with kind of getting in there and starting to retrain our thoughts, which is difficult, because I think also, too, you know, you all are also at this very important part in your life, get, getting ready to go out into the world and I think that that's also what I want to give you is this moment of departure. It's not about having to achieve anything, but it's about what you have as a person, as an artist, what your offerings are, and really understanding that and celebrating that in the moment. And that's, that's for an artistic director or for someone that you wants to work when they see that. It's just, it's inspirational, you know? 
silly and you are inspirational yeah <laughs> so so thank you so much I, it's so beautiful to hear like it's not an easy journey it's an, a journey full of perseverance and grit but but you're enjoying the way and I see you like enjoying the ride and it's so magnetic and it brings so much inspiration to how we can be doing what we love and being um, revolutionary with that act but then also knowing that like we can have fun along the way and we can we can breathe and enjoy the ride yeah yeah yes yes so um can you share where people can find you and stay in touch with your work and what you're doing Yes, we are. I am uh, uh, the artistic director of the Francesca Harper Project. We're a New York-based company, and we are on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on, um, uh, what's the other one? Website. Yes, uh, www.thefrancescaharperproject.org. And um, what's the other? Instagram. We're also on Instagram, the Francesca Harper Project. So, yes, please follow. We've been had a fun stuff around New York. It's been fun to be more local this year We're in, and traveling during the summer. So, And it's great to be here with you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. I'm so grateful to get to bring on these amazing creators and to have them share their stories and their journeys with you all. It is so inspiring to me and I hope that it is inspiring to you. If you want to learn more about Inner Teacher and what we're doing inside of workshops and retreats, go to innerteacher.com or you can follow us at inner underscore teacher. My mission is to really show that we can all trust our voices, we can all listen to ourselves, and that we have all the information that we need in order to start to produce and create our incredible art in whatever fashion that is. So you can find me at Nathan Hershaw, N-A-T-H-A-N-H-I-R-S-C-H-A-U-T, on Instagram or NathanHershaw.com. I hope to have many more podcasts coming soon, and I hope to connect a lot of different kinds of disciplines and creators together and have places of artistic exchange and intersection. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.